Have you checked out the Somebody You Love Patreon yet? For just $3 a month, you can get every episode without ads and you get them a day early. For $6 a month, you get all of our bloopers and behind-the-scenes action. For $10 a month, you get monthly bonus episodes. And for $20 a month, you also get the bonus episodes as videos. You can cancel anytime, and when you sign up, you get access to everything that we've posted so far. We also have annual subscriptions where you save 10% and get one month free. Patreon.com slash somebodyyoupod, as in podcast. You do have to type in the URL because Patreon hides 18 plus creators from the search, so you most likely won't be able to find us by searching. That's patreon.com slash somebodyyoupod. Welcome to Somebody You Love, or the sale of two titties. I'm Jenna Love. And I'm Holly Hart. And we're experts in disappointing our parents, breaching community guidelines, and banging the people who vote against our rights. We would like to acknowledge the traditional caretakers of the land on which we live, work and record this show, the Ngunnawal, Darug and Gundungurra peoples. We pay our respects to the past and present traditional custodians and elders of these nations and the continuation of cultural, spiritual and educational practices of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. Today we're going to be talking about the things we love about our jobs. I think we spend a bit of a fair bit of our time on this show discussing things that annoy us or the parts of our job that kind of sucks. But the reality is that Holly and I really, really fucking love <laughs> our jobs. Now, not every sex worker does, of course. There are sex workers who are ambivalent about their jobs, who, you know, could take it or leave it. There are sex workers who absolutely loathe their work, just like in any job. We're both really lucky to have found a job that that brings so much positivity to our lives and enriches our lives in ways beyond just financial. And we're both really lucky that that's our experience of sex work. We're also really lucky that that's our experience of work in general. I think on a global level, incredibly lucky. So as usual, we can only speak from our own experiences, but we'd like to share some of what we consider to be the perks of our jobs. The inspiration for this episode came from a blog post that Jenna wrote in February 2018. It's no longer on her website. She's decided to keep that private now. But now she's going to publish it again for the world to hear. <laughs> no, I just decided that blogging was not my thing. Yeah, fair enough. I'm not into it. I'd, I'd rather talk. Yeah, I, yeah. I also tried blogging in for about two posts and then went, oh, no. God. No, I just, no. I remember when we uh, first met in person, this was around the time that you had done this, and uh, we discussed it a fair bit at the time and uh, your experience at that time with just coming out to your mother about what you were doing for work and the challenges associated with that I had at that stage I think not come out to my mother or maybe I had just sort of a bit and that was uh I think you had because I remember you were wearing sunnies in our photo together oh no and I said oh do you want me to blow your eyes or something and you said and at that point you were like oh no my mum I think maybe, maybe, uh, yeah, I was definitely trying to be face in for the sake of my mother. So it would probably, it may have been mentioned by her at that stage. Don't put your face on the internet. So, you know, sorry, mum, but not sorry. Uh, so yeah, I remember us connecting a lot when we first met, we also had another wonderful worker with us at that brunch and, um, about the fact that we love our work so much. And we've discussed before on this show about how you don't need to love 
sex work for it to be a valid job and for us to have rights. And we, we will always stand by that. Uh, but the fact that both of us do love our job is something we connect on. And, uh, you know, we're very enthusiastic and very passionate about not just the rights of sex workers and, and their interests and, and protecting us from discrimination or, or, you know, not just ourselves, obviously, but the community itself um, mm-hmm. from, from violence and discrimination. But also we're really passionate about the fact that we're so lucky and that we love this work and that we love the opportunities it affords us in life. And yeah, and we'd, we'd really like to share that with you guys. So now Jenna will go ahead and read that blog post. Okay. Dramatic reading. Just a normal reading, really. Right, here it is. You're always dramatic. So. I'm always dramatic. <laughs> Dr- dramatic is I your natural, is your baseline. Yeah. My baseline, yeah. <sighs> okay. My mum has been asking questions lately that are getting harder and harder to answer. Over a year ago, I told her that I was a sex worker. When she asked what that involved, I said nude massage and hand jobs, which at that very specific time was the majority of my work. So it wasn't entirely untrue. Now, while she is an incredibly loving mother who would never disown me or anything like that, she said a few things that were hurtful to both me and my husband. And side note, I've talked about that more in our family episode. And she made it clear that it was something that upset her. I decided to leave it and we basically never addressed it until recently it became more and more of an elephant in the room. A few emails back and forth and we got to the point where she told me that she was interested in hearing about all of the aspects of my life, the good and the bad. The issue there, of course, is that the parts of my life that I consider to be the best are the parts that she thinks are the worst. I told her of my passion for the industry and she told me that she cannot understand how it is something that I could possibly be passionate about and that she could not think of any positives. So in the interests of promoting understanding, I set about putting a list together. She wanted to know and I think that that has to be better than her not wanting to know, so I chose to embrace it. I wanted my list to be really comprehensive. I didn't want to leave anything off, and so I turned to Twitter. Of course, that's where all the hookers hang out. I turned to Twitter to ask sex workers and clients alike to share what they considered the positives of sex work to be. The response was overwhelming, and it only served to strengthen my conviction about this industry and the beautiful people who are in it. It's devastating to think of workers who have been disowned by family members as a result of their work but I realized that they very much have a second family and that is the sex industry itself. There is bitchiness and gossip, of course, and there are differences of opinion and heated arguments about emotional subjects. But at the end of the day, we are a group of people who understand a world a lot of others don't. And that brings us together. I did receive a few responses from people telling me that it shouldn't matter, that my mum should trust that I am safe and happy when I say that I am and respect my choices, and I absolutely agree with all of that in theory. But the reality is a mother is going to worry. Frankly, she's going to worry no matter what I do. I believe that if she is reaching out and trying to understand my position, the least that I can do is to help her to do so. So I basically sent my mum a really long list that was started with all of the positives for me. And then I had some of the stuff that I had crowdsourced and I said, and here are some of the positives, you know, for my friends. So today we just thought we'd, we'd jump back and forth and just share some of the things we love about our jobs. 
So something I'm always talking about that I love about this work is that I meet so many people that I would never have the chance to encounter normally. And I'm constantly learning about things, about jobs, about lives and histories and cultures that I never even knew existed. And I just think that's, I mean, it's interesting and it's good for me, right? Some of my clients I consider to be friends and they add a whole lot of value to my life. At the time I wrote this blog post, I was in the process of buying my own car for the first time. Before then, I'd sort of just had hand-me-downs and whatever. And one of my trusted clients was a mechanic and he was a massive help to me. He went and did all this research. He sent me this huge email with a top three based on my needs of what models. And then if I went with that model, which year would probably be best, et cetera, et cetera. And it was great. And I, I don't have other than him, you know, I don't have a mechanic in my life. I don't have people who know about car stuff. So that was just really valuable. In that one point, you've raised so many points that I can relate to. Uh, In terms of meeting people that you usually don't and learning things that you didn't know about, uh, for me, it's been a massive thing, learning about different cultures. I have clients that have come from so many places all over the world who've told me about their way of life back home or the culture that they've grown up with and the challenges they've faced or what it's like coming to Australia as a refugee or as an immigrant or, you know, any way that they've come to this country or that their family had and the struggles that they've had. And for somebody who's grown up in a really basic white family, this is the sort of stuff that I have learned about tangentially, but not actually like had somebody tell me their whole life story. And that is a very vulnerable and raw and um, an open thing for somebody to discuss that you don't sort of get in any other workplace. Like you're not going to sit down in the office and have somebody tell you their life history and the struggles that their family has had, or just the deep details of their culture and, and the things that they live through that you just don't get to experience. That's not something you chat about at the water cooler or across cubicles in, in an office. So that's massive. And that's made me grow a lot. Like we talk about privilege and about ignorance and and things like that. And I was pretty ignorant before I learned and before I met people who'd lived through these things. And I think even people who think that they're pretty woke or who think that they know a lot about the world until you've met people from these circumstances, you really you're much more ignorant than you realize. And I still recognize that I am like, there's so much I still oh, don't yeah, know. Yeah. We all the are. Point. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's so brilliant. This is a way that I get to, um, yeah, have that massive cultural experience. And, and even then that's just scraping the surface, but learning, uh, learning about other people's lives. Yeah. Especially for you with having a fear of travel, you need the people to come to you. You need the travel <laughs> to come to you. Don't you? Exactly. Yeah. It's so true. It's so true. <laughs> And then also you've mentioned that some of your clients you consider your friends. A lot of my clients I would consider friends and I consider them genuinely, sincerely friends of me. Yeah, I value them a lot. In terms of what they can bring to my life in in other fields, though, it is really interesting that you mentioned the mechanic. I have uh, I have clients in medical fields who've helped me with some little bits and pieces. I've had a few clients who are tradies who help me with things. A lot of my clients are super nerds, and they've helped me with various mm-hmm. computer things or internet things that I get into with my um, 
you know, online proclivities. So yeah, it's, it's been really helpful to meet people with a really vast range of life experiences, work experiences, and, uh, and build actual friendships with them when I wouldn't probably associate with them in a social setting, just casually, you know, I'd sort of meet people who uh, align with me in other ways, because that's an easier friendship than meeting someone who seems to be entirely different to you. Uh, So it's really cool. Yeah, actually, that just reminded me of, um, I have a client who is a lawyer, and I don't hang out with lawyers, because frankly, they're not really my people. Um, you know, all my friends are performers and sex workers. Like there's no lawyers around. And I have had a couple of occasions where I have needed legal advice. And of course he doesn't give me legal advice in the sense of, you know, I'm not a client of his. Like that's a whole, you know, ethical minefield. But I have gone to him and said, can you recommend somebody in this field or whatever, which I've found really invaluable because I wouldn't, I don't know how to like Google best lawyer for that. Like, I don't know, they don't have BuzzFeed top 10 lists for lawyers. So yeah, stuff like, and I I don't normally come across as, yeah, I don't come across lawyers much. So yeah. And I think that that's a a big, one of the awesome things about our job is the diversity of people that we come across and the different impacts that we're able to have on their lives. So not all sex workers, but many sex workers do see clients with disabilities. And that is a really massive spectrum. So there may be, uh, you know, people who have very visible disabilities, people who are paraplegic or quadriplegic are in wheelchairs or who have cystic fibrosis or spina bifida. And then there are people who have disabilities who may be on the autism spectrum and the disability is sort of less obvious, I guess, but it, but it is still there and it affects them and it affects their ability to have intimate relationships. So for those who have more uh, significant disabilities that have a greater impact on their life, they may well come into contact with other adults in a physical sense, but it's a very clinical sense. A lot of people have carers who, you know, may help them get dressed, may help them go to the toilet, all these sorts of things. But uh, so they're, they're being touched, but not in an intimate, romantic, sexual, etc. way. And it is so, oh my God, it is so amazing to be able to share that experience with someone either for the first time or for one of the first times in their lives. And it feels so special that they've let you into that space. And, you know, the people who haven't had that much intimate touch in their lives, fuck me, they are so grateful for it. Something that, frankly, a lot of us take for granted. You know, when you come across people who don't have, who don't have that on tap, it's amazing to be able to provide it for them. As well as people who have disabilities, there are lots of people who are just incredibly lonely. Human contact is so important. It really does have a nourishing effect on the soul. There are scientific studies that are done to determine this. This is not just my my hippie bullshit that I get on sometimes. <laughs> it really is important for people uh, to feel touched and to, to feel that connection through human touch. And it does have a name in, in being skin hunger. A lot of our clients, for various reasons, can be lonely. And sometimes people like to think of the really tragic stories like and it sort of aligns with that thing where we feel like we have to justify our work by saying, well, uh, you know, a lot of our clients have disabilities or they are widowers or they, they're lonely for particular reasons. But our work is valid no matter who and no matter why we see these people. It's just that when we do get these experiences, it feels even more special because these are people who, uh, like you said, it really value that experience and um, and it becomes more of a need than a want. And that's really an honor to be able to provide that to people. 
I've had clients who are who are really lonely because they're really frightened of dating or they're intimidated by the dating scene. Or as I said, they are widowers, their wife has passed away and they don't know how to enter the dating scene again. Or they've had something happen in their lives, like an accident or something, which has really just rattled their confidence. So there are so many reasons why people have get lonely and why they seek human contact. And yeah, like, again, that feels like a, it becomes more of a need in that circumstance. And we're so lucky to live in a country where we can do this legally and where we can provide it. Um, And also it's an honor individually when somebody chooses you and wants to share that with you and, and let you into their vulnerabilities and give you that, that space. I think there is this whole, you know, I don't know, society is so obsessed with this idea of men just being obsessed with sex and it's the only thing they want and blah, 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 which I just think couldn't couldn't be more inaccurate, frankly. But I think what's amazing is you and I both have had clients who have come to see us who actually are maybe asexual or demisexual mm. or who struggle with nudity or with anything that is too um, hardcore sexual stuff, I guess. And to date in the quote-unquote real world, that's actually quite intimidating because that's a really hard conversation to have with somebody because our society says, you know, you're going to do this, 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 you'll get together, you'll make out, then you'll have sex, blah, 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 and that's the that's the system. And ironically, people think that our job is all about sex, but we actually can allow those clients to actually be themselves and be comfortable mm. in that and not feel an expectation to have sex. Yeah. Which they even as I'm saying it, <laughs> I know, but even as I'm saying it, it's like almost in the civilian world, there is more of an expectation for sex than mm. there is when seeing a sex worker in some ways. Yeah, definitely. So, I have quite a few clients who just want to be held or who just want to um, have that naked physical contact or who don't even want that. They just want to be with somebody else for a few hours in, in that close company where no one's going to be then trying to touch their penis. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And I think for, particularly for men, it's hard for them to have those conversations with somebody that they might be dating in the real world because there is an expectation that all men want is sex 24-7 which obviously we do not agree with. Holly, on the other hand. I do. It's an illness. (laughs) (laughs) It it is, yes. It really is. Like it's (laughs) overwhelming. And I think, is this what it is like to be the stereotypical man where uh, like, anyway, no, it it is, I think, a side effect of mental illness, but that's a whole other episode anyway. Yeah. And as you said, like with widowers, people that go through long-term relationship breakups or marriage divorces, they need support getting through that. And I find, again, particularly when it comes to men, but I'm sure this applies to many women as well, they often don't have people in their personal lives that they can that they can really confide in and that can be there for them on that emotional level. So I've I've really helped a number of people through, you know, that difficult period where they feel lost. They feel terrified of re-entering the dating scene. Um, and I've, I think I've really helped them to, well, I've been a part of it. It's not solely me, but being a part of that process of them regaining their confidence and their sense of self and identity as a sexual being, that's incredibly rewarding. Yeah, I love how you say that because I have quite a few clients who, uh, and I think we're going to do another episode at some point on on cheating, as it were, but uh, oh, yes. I have quite a few clients who are in marriages where they haven't 
had physical contact and, and intimacy for a long time. And they do get really uncertain of whether they are able to perform or whether they're even good at it or whether they are desirable. And these are all opportunities where it's like, God, there's nothing wrong with you. And yeah. your relationship is a whole complex set of emotions and years of whatever happens. But as two human beings in a room together, you can be incredibly desirable and sexual and you can have that freedom without any of the past baggage or the insecurities that come with that. So, yeah, that's really nice to be able to prove to somebody that, hey, you're you're okay and you're sexy and you do good sex. Yeah. 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 So another side of that that's that's really, you know, for people who are also are not having much sex but they're not not married when they're not mm-hmm. having sex is um, a lot of people who want to lose their virginity. <laughs> that was the worst segue ever. But, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that's that's on brand with my chaos. Yeah, there are people who want to lose their virginity and they want to do it without the intimidating thing of having to meet someone new and say, hey, by the way, I'm a virgin and have to explain that or feel like they're they're on show or they're being like judged, you know, oh, I better get this right. What if I do it wrong somehow? So, and, and also we're happy to give feedback. I've had quite a few clients who, you know, who are virgins or who were inexperienced at one particular sex act or another who've asked for feedback and that's really cool that I can do that and they can go out in the world and feel like wow I'm not going to do that and have someone laugh at me (laughs) which hopefully people wouldn't but I know that you get these irrational fears when you're nervous and you think oh like am I going to hook up with someone and they're going to say god can you go this is really bad practice 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 helps yeah oh my god I love seeing virgins and I swear once a month at least there is a post on reddit that's like, I'm a virgin, should I just see a sex worker and get it over and done with or something like that? And 50% of the comments are saying, no, it should be special or whatever the fuck that, you know, that that is. Mm. And the other 50% are like, yeah, man, just go do it. And that's, I mean, my philosophy is, yeah, just go mm. do it. What do you, I mean, obviously, look, and virginity, that you know, that's a whole thing. That is a whole social construct of grossness and people have different opinions on, on it. But my view is if that's something you're considering fucking yes go nuts it's an environment where you will not be judged and it's a safe space that you can learn within and then you're going to have so much more confidence when you find yourself in a situation where you might be getting towards the sex and you'll go yeah I know how this works obviously it's different with everyone but you just have that you're not going to have that that sheer panic about it and on top of that, you know, we also encounter people who may have had sexual experiences in their lives that weren't very nice, that either weren't very consensual or went poorly. I've met a handful of guys who did have experiences as teenagers where they took their pants off and a girl laughed at them. And that fucking has scarred them and I can see that scarring. And, you know, when you have had trauma, it can be really, really scary putting yourself in a similar situation again and you don't know is that going to kind of ignite or or trigger another kind of trauma response or is that going to – are you going to have difficulty, quote, unquote, performing because you're stressed, all of that. And if you're able to go and see a sex worker, that's all fine. If you can't, quote, unquote, perform or if you, um, you know, if you do have – if you burst into tears or or whatever. You know, stop. I don't want to go any further. you say stop. Yeah. We have seen it all. We are here for you and we want, you know, yeah, we want it to be – 
It's on you. It's got to be on your terms, right? And I hope that's what you'd experience in the dating world as well. But, but also, then you might feel that you social pressure. So. Yeah, there, there can be that also that exactly. social pressure, and you feel like, well, I don't want to disappoint someone. With a sex worker, you're not going to disappoint us. We've seen it all, and we're here for you and your journey. And we're being paid, so we're good. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, you know exactly. It's we're true. Either way, we we come out on top. We're happy with that. A really big one for me is that at the end of the day, I'm proud of it. I've worked a whole bunch of jobs in my life and never have I been so proud of the work that I do. All of these people that I meet, they I see them leave and they feel they seem to be more confident and feeling better about themselves than when they came. And that is like that's an extraordinary skill. I'm really proud of of my ability to do that to people. I'm proud of my ability to make a positive difference to people's lives. Like that is such an addictive drug to be able to see the change in people and watch them walking out feeling good about themselves. I feel like that's probably something that hairdressers or beauty therapists might experience, you know, to get to see that immediate change in someone and see them kind of looking in the mirror and like feeling hot and, you know, and desirable it's just, it's such an amazing feeling. And I love that I have that skill and I'm addicted to what it does for me. Yeah. It's a cliche that a lot of clients used to say, or people used to say in the brothels, which is, you know, it's the one job where people are always happy to see you. When people go to see a dentist, they're nervous. When people go to see various other professions, they are, they're frightened yeah, right. of pain or they're, they're stressed about something. Um, and with us, they, they often are stressed, but they know that they're coming to have an awesome time. And that's really exciting. Like, yeah, it might be this sort of thing yeah. where you work at a theme park and everyone's excited to be there on that day. It's really cool to have yeah. just this really it's awesome. positive energy and positive impact on people all the time. It is definitely addictive. Yeah. Uh, I genuinely feel that this is my calling. And again, I have these little hippie tendencies where I think everything happens for a reason <laughs> and it's all about fate. But I think that, you know, this has been something that's called to me for my whole life. I've always felt drawn to it and I feel complete while I do this job more than any other. I've had a million jobs. I've worked in so many fields and none of them, I think the only thing that came close was maybe sales. Um, but even then, the, nothing that nourished me in this way. This is a job where I often sit at night and I cry because I'm so happy that I get to do this and I feel whole. This is where I'm meant to be. Yeah, I get emotional about it as well. How many people get that? And you know, I'm not, I don't believe in fate. I don't no. have that. I don't <laughs> think things happen for a reason, but I know that whatever it is, this fucking works. It makes sense, you know? And yeah, same, done all these other jobs. And when at the end of the day, and like I, you know, I left sex work for a while. We've both had these experiences of leaving and trying to leave it behind and then coming back and being like, this is a perfect fit. <laughs> It just works. It's yeah. so great. And it's sort of like, why would you fight against that? Because society says you shouldn't like it or it's bad for what? For what? You know, why, why would you fight against that, that instinct where things just make sense and feel right? Yeah, I was ashamed for so long. I thought, God, this yeah. I'm broken because I love something that everyone else thinks is, is bad. And uh, mm. when you let go of those societal views that are full of stigma, it's so empowering to do what you actually want to do, whatever that is yeah. in life. 
Yeah, absolutely. I really think that sex work has made me a better person. We touched on this earlier. I think it has given me such a greater understanding and empathy for human beings in general. I I really feel like the more I do this work, the more my compassion grows. And I really like that. I like the person that it is making me become and that I'm continuing to be. And like a big one, you know, we always qualify that not all of our clients are men, but a lot of them are. And I have learned so much about men and I have so much love and respect for the inner workings of of men in general. Obviously, they're not all the same. But, you know, I think sometimes there's this, this stereotype of like the hooker that hates men and whatever. I'm sure that person exists. But I've had the complete opposite experience. I used to think... I think maybe more two-dimensionally about men. And now that I've done this job and had these, as you said, like it's it's so intimate. The stuff people share with us is so intimate. And I've just learned so much about them. And I've learned that they are vulnerable and that they are sensitive and that they have fears and they, you know, they have the neuroses that we have and, and all that stuff. And mm. and so yeah, I have a lot more compassion. Yeah. yeah. The stuff that society teaches men that they shouldn't expose. And this is exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. I once saw this meme that was yeah. like, if you saw every person that, you know, sitting on their own and eating a sandwich, it would make you feel so much like compassion and sympathy for them because you get to see people. Um, and I'm butchering the, the gist of it, but the, the idea was that if you see people when they're not trying to be someone or they're not trying to put out a facade and they're just on their own doing their own little things, you would feel so much compassion and you feel so much empathy for people when you see them that vulnerable, that sort of lonely solo thing. And that's what we sort of get to do every day is see people, you know, being their most vulnerable, innocent, uh, and all the facades are dropped. At first, maybe people walk in and they're trying to be someone, but after you've shared that intimate sort of setting with them pretty quickly, all the walls come down and you see this vulnerability that's just so fucking You take the clothes off and chuck an orgasm or two in and you get... Different person, isn't it? Yeah. Side note, when I was a kid, I could not, whenever we went anywhere, if there was somebody eating on their own, I bawled my eyes out and I couldn't handle. It made me so sad. My parents, like my mom was like, sometimes they're having a nice time. They just wanted to go and eat on their own. Maybe they have a friend and that friend's really annoying them and they just wanted to go and be on their own. But I was like, they're all alone. Like I just couldn't, people on their own, I just couldn't handle it. I can tell I'm you okay I pretty now, much did the same thing if you ask my mother. Really? I swear on my life. And that's why I'm, I'm like, wow. cause I, yeah, yeah, I would full wow. out. Like I'd, I'd dream up like a circumstance for what they were yeah. like and why they were alone. Yeah. And like I'd have this whole thing oh. that they, and I would cry. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah we was, were so <laughs> fucking meant to be hookers, man. <laughs> right? Like what? I've never no. heard anyone else yeah. that's had that experience. No, no. And my mother used to say maybe their their family is at home and they're yeah. like, why? Yeah. <laughs> why are you making this yeah. life? Story. Yeah, yeah, but it's a thing I do as yeah. well. I see strangers and I give them these tragic mm. life stories and mm. upset myself. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah we're a bit weird. Yes. Wow. Um, and speaking of being weird, that's, uh, that's mm-hmm. another amazing thing about the job is that I do get to be weird. And I think with branding as a sex worker for however many years, I tried to sort of just be this or that that I thought people might want to spend time with. And increasingly over the years, my business only grows when I be more me. So the more 
stupid and crazy and show my ridiculous sense of humor or my really classy stuff like talking on Twitter about tweezing my butt crack and things like that. People really seem to connect with it and relate to it and, and want to spend more time with me. And it just feels great to not have to answer to somebody. I can be really open about the fact that I suffer from mental illness. And I remember working in workplaces where that was not, you couldn't talk about mental illness. Like you'd be in trouble, like not even your own. You couldn't even just say, you know, I suffer from, you know, you'd have Mm. to hide it. Um, I, you know, I can swear, I can just be flawed. I can make jokes about penises and sex all the time. And I don't have to answer to somebody or fit into a corporate mold. And that's just wonderful. I can just be me. Oh yeah. Like last week's episode, I told the story about poo running down my leg while (laughs) talking to a client. And at the time you and I were like, okay, we're not going to publish that. That is terrible for marketing. And since, so that came out on Thursday or Wednesday for patrons, by the way, get your episodes a day earlier without Mm. ads. If you sign up to our Patreon from $3 a month and get extra content too. There's some great stuff. If you pay a little more, extra juicy stuff. stuff. Yeah. 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 Uh, But so yeah, Wednesday or Thursday and it's now Sunday. So I've had a handful of clients since then. Every single one of them has listened to that episode. And I've been like, oh, what did you think of that? And they all loved it. They were like, that was iconic. That was amazing. And it didn't scare them off. So I've had so many clients say to me this week or text me and say Jenna's poop story was amazing and like I can't wait to meet her one day. Like people, I thought thought you were going to like ruin your life. But yeah, Holly was like, your it. career's over, babe. Yeah, I don't tell anyone about my my poo stories. No. But, you know, go you. I, I respect that. My theory is every single human being has at least one poo story. At least. That's my theory. So it's, it's the great equaliser. I suppose so. And, yeah, I think, like, working for yourself, I mean, this applies probably to anyone who works for yourself, but not having to answer to a boss or a company or some kind of corporate thing is just phenomenal. Obviously the, uh, the downside, we're not supposed to speak about downsides in this episode, but the downside of that is you work 24 seven when you work for yourself and you have all the admin to do blah, blah, blah. But the positive of working for yourself, like I've never under, like I could dye my hair pink if I want. I can get piercings on my face if that's what I want to do. And I've all, all my life, I've thought how fucking insane that to do some jobs, you can't do certain things to your physical appearance. That for your work, which is the, you know, whatever percentage of your life work <laughs> is, you have to then for the rest of your life, look a certain way. I'm like, what about your personal life? Like I've just always thought stuff like that is ridiculous. And that's, yeah. I mean the, yeah. The freedom that comes with working for yourself is just so good. And particularly like, I think in this industry, like we've all had the experience of making choices about ourselves appearance wise or otherwise and then realize that that actually brings us the clients that are more like us and, and who we like. So this idea of some kind of corporate mold and having to fit in and be someone in particular, I think maybe outsiders to the sex industry might think that that's what the sex industry is. And they might yeah. think, well, you've got to be blonde and you've got to be skinny and you've got to be this or whatever. Uh, and you've got to have certain politics. Uh, and that's not the case. You know, you can carve out the the market for yourself whatever you mean you can adapt to the more conventional things or whatever you it's freedom so good people think we're oppressed and then you have to fit this corporate mold that's oppression people telling you what you can and can't say and can and can't wear and who you can be and what you can post on social media politically or otherwise that's oppression (laughs) at my hairdresser they're not allowed to have like 
quote unquote unnatural hair colors. What? And I'm a like hairdresser. they're hairdressers. <laughs> they're people who have a passion for hair, and oh, you're damn. that's such bullshit. Yeah. And so the thing that comes along with that freedom is flexibility, which is just amazing. I feel like we're really rubbing salt in the wound for the people listening who have to work like nine to fives. <laughs> Sorry. But, it is true. Yeah. But also we do so much complaining about things and it's a chance for you to go, you know what, we these do. girls actually exactly. really do love what they're doing. So, you know, yeah, if you, if you exactly. weren't on board with that, then sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, too late. Yeah, too uh, late. yeah you know, I, I literally choose – what hours I want to work. So I work the hours that suit me and that I'm somebody who I've mentioned this on the show before. I love volunteering. I really enjoy doing work when there isn't money involved. So this job allows me to work less hours than I might have to otherwise while still living comfortably and having heaps of extra time for my hobbies. I also can take time off literally whenever I want. And when I do projects in my personal life, when I do particular hobbies, I take a month off here or there and I can literally just just take that time off. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And there's no negative to that, you know. Well, I mean, I don't get paid, but <laughs> the reality is my job pays well. So And your job's still there when you come back. And the job's still there. Yeah. Absolutely. The flip side of that is that, It does allow you the time off, but also when you want to work really hard, you can do so. So particularly when I was buying a house in the past year and during that saving process, I could ramp up my hours. I could take more bookings. I could work more days of the week. And now that I have achieved that goal and I want to take a little bit more time for myself, I can block those days out. So that's a massive thing. There are a lot of jobs where your hours are set and that's what you've got. And if you want to earn a bit more money, you have to go and find another job and you have to, or you have to try and come up with a side hustle that, you know, is a lot more strenuous and all of that. This is all part of my business so I can grow it and shrink it as I desire. And that is super handy. Yeah. And on that, it is hard work. I, you know, I find the job incredibly challenging. People say it's easy money and I think they are absolutely having a fucking laugh (laughs) because it can be, and it might be sometimes quick money, but it is certainly not easy money. And I really like that. I love working hard. I love succeeding. I love being pushed in a positive way and that, you know, seeing all these different clients and having to work out what is it that you need out of this session? You know, what's the right approach? Who do I need to be? And not, you know, I'm not, putting on a mask, but how do I need to adapt to make this fucking amazing for you? And I absolutely adore that. I really, I get, I get off on that, on the work. Yeah. I just get off and that's the best thing for me. It's, I love sex. Uh, I think I've made that very clear a million times and what you like it. I like, I know I no it's idea. revelation. I <laughs> Hold the press. You're so quiet in the I'm bedroom. <laughs> I didn't notice. That I know my neighbors have no idea. Everyone that's <laughs> ever shared it, a residence with me has no idea. Um, I, I love to fuck and, uh, and I get to have that all the time in my job. I mean, it seems like a really obvious thing, but it's wonderful. And it's also great sex. Like the civilian sex that I've had in the past, however many years has been very far, few and far between, but it has also been not very good. And the sex that I have with my clients is amazing often, like not, you know, sometimes it's not and that's life, but often it's wonderful because you get to know someone, they get to know what I like or a million things. You just connect or it's just, there's so many reasons why it's wonderful and it just fucking it's how lucky am I that I get to do that all the time? I am rubbing Fuck salt, yeah. salt in the listeners' wounds now. Yeah. They're going, oh, I'm jealous. 
and for someone like someone like me, I really like variety, and that's mm. part of the joy of it. Like it's like that's the thing with sex, right? It's not like there's good sex and then there's bad sex. There's like a massive spectrum, and there's different types types of sex. Yeah. And from one person, you get a more you know, safe, um, comforting sex from one person, you get a raunchy thing from one person, you get a romantic thing from one person, you get, Mm. you know, a quick thing, whatever. Like, and that, I love that. So true. And it's, it's a way that I get to do all of that in an environment, um, that has strict protocols, Mm. etiquette, boundaries. And I think, you know, many sex workers have said that we tend to get our boundaries pushed less in this work than we have in other jobs mm. or in our civilian lives civilian dating yeah yeah, yeah like exactly. many in my work tend to respect no and oh I don't like that or that doesn't feel or whatever way more than when I was dating <laughs> because they know that there are rules yeah as there should be in any human interaction yeah well but our experiences have shown that that's not always the way <laughs> and being the hypersexual person that I am when I don't do sex work. I tend to indulge. And this is all stuff I should probably work on with my therapist, but let's, let's not go into that right now. <laughs> we got a podcast. Who needs a therapist? <laughs> it needs therapy. But you know, when I'm not doing this work, I tend to, um, or I have in the past gotten myself into trouble with sex because I cannot <laughs> control myself and I end up having sex with people I shouldn't. So this allows me to have that need filled regularly without putting myself in danger or in awkward situations or doing unethical things because yeah it's just there on a little silver platter for me and I get Mm -hmm. my boxes ticked or fucked so that's really good (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean this is it like the job makes me really happy I spent a long time not a long time I'm not that old but I spent a lot of time (laughs) seeking jobs that that sound good, that the title sounds good, and that when somebody said to me, what do you want to do, when I said the job title, I felt good about saying that job title. And I've learned that's fucking bullshit. Mm. What is that? That's not enough. A job that makes me happy is a thousand times more important than a job that sounds impressive. And, you know, arguably, somewhat surprisingly, a lot of the people I speak to these days actually are impressed by when I say I'm a sex worker. So I kind of ended up winning in that it actually does impress a lot of people in that a lot of people think, oh, fuck, I couldn't do that or wow or, you know, it's so awesome that you're like owning that and whatever. So it's kind of worked out really well. I find that the way that people respond to my work is is really wonderful for me as well. Uh, a lot of people that I know, even that I haven't spoken to in years, have come to me and sort of said like, wow, like I'm really inspired by your work and not necessarily by the adult industry oftentimes, but just by the fact that I own it and I am passionate about it. And that gives them confidence to live their truth as well. So that's really cool. Like what me, I'm just a girl having sex. But the fact that in some way that that inspires people and motivates them to be who they are is like incredibly humbling. Fuck yeah. And we see that in our clients too. Yeah. they sometimes take that away from the experience. It's really like my confidence has soared from doing (laughs) sex work. Dangerously confident. Dangerously, (laughs) dangerously confident. And, I, you know, look, we've all got our own self-esteem issues, but what I've got from this job is so much confidence in myself. Like in, in my appearance, that's one element of it. Like I 
personally struggle a lot with the way that I look, like so many of us do, but this job has taught me, it has bashed it into me that there are people who want to spend money to be around me. So I can't be that hideous, right? <laughs> I have to accept that at the very least people are happy to to spend money to be in the same room and look at me. Um, so I've got to be, I've got to be all right. I've got to be decent. But also just in my, my intelligence, my ability to, to work out a client's needs, my abilities to talk to a range of different people and adapt. And also like something like touring in particular has been huge for me because that isn't something that I thought I would sort of be able to do. And I just trot off to a different city and I set myself up. I do all my groceries. I get myself organized. I do all my bookings and I get back on the plane. And Just that. It's so basic. I know. But, you know, 10 years ago, I never would have thought that I could do that. I thought I was a bit useless. I didn't have any confidence in my ability to just like go somewhere and live somewhere for a week, make it work, make bank. And I can do that. And that makes me feel really good about myself. And so it's the same, like running a business. I didn't think I could run a fucking business, but I just am. <laughs> yeah. And that's awesome. And you do it well. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think you do. I get a lot of my emotional nourishment from human touch. I know a lot of people talk about love languages and I think I have all of the love languages. I mean, I want gifts. I want you to tell me I'm great. I want you to touch me. I want you to do everything. For me. Like just spoil me. So I am a multi love language lingual. Mm, I think that lingual means language. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Multi-love lingual. Yes. Go. Thank you. Multi-love lingual. Yeah. And yeah, as a single person, I don't get a lot of touch in my personal life apart from smothering my animals with cuddles. So, you know, or smothering my human friends with, with cuddles, which Jenna can attest to. Yes. And my job allows me to get that connection. And it's really, really healthy for me. It feels great. It's not just about me getting all of my holes pounded at once. It's about, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that doesn't happen because remember, I'm, that too. I'm, I'm an anal no, virgin, but you know, yes, just for a reminder because if anyone wants to yep. marry me. And uh, uh, it's just being held and it's just being having someone touch me and make me feel loved. And that's fucking cool. I love it. And as lame as it sounds, it's not just physical touch, right? It's emotional and mental touch. Like it's, it's just fucking connecting with human beings. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe for you it's just physical. <laughs> no, I like to get my, my neurons touched and stroked. Yeah. My little nerve endings having a little twitch. <laughs> Also, I tend to think, like, obviously there are exceptions, but all of the sex workers that, that I know and that, that I'm friends with are the most caring, generous, beautiful people that I know. And I'm really proud to call them my colleagues and I'm proud to stand amongst them. I think that it takes all types. As we always say, there are so many different people in this industry. But for the people who who really have gone into it with a lot of options and who have decided that this is what they want to do, I think to be attracted to this industry, you have to be quite empathetic. You have to be compassionate. You have to be somebody who wants to make others feel good. And as such, a lot of the sex workers I've met are just fucking lovely people. As Jenna has deemed this uh, final point, um, very sweet <laughs> and depressing, uh, is that um, my clients treat me better than any romantic partner ever has they're always really happy to see me they always greet me with love and affection often with gifts and compliments they genuinely are happy for me to see me thrive they bring positive energy into my life and it means I don't need to pursue affection from emotionally stunted or abusive people anymore 
And um, that's really massive. I don't feel... Uh, I remember at some point, you know, my mum said to me, you know, how are you going to have a relationship if you're a sex worker? You mm. know, sort of not quite mm. in the words, who's going to love you, but that's you know, sort of the, the gist. You know, I sort of get a lot of love at the moment and more than I ever did when I was not a sex worker. When I was not a sex worker, I would date people that I had one partner who I, I begged him to just pick a flower from a garden one day and just to surprise me with a flower for like months. I was like, oh, like I'd just love if you could, you know, and he was like, I don't give flowers. I don't do flowers. And that was, you know, oh. um, and uh, and then the ones, you know, who did bring me gifts were were um, betraying my trust and things like that and really hurting, mm. hurting me. So, I think, um, yeah, I I get to experience people who really care for me, who don't have ulterior motives or who aren't using me as a a way to satisfy some manipulative streak in them. And uh, and they're really sincere. They actually like me and want to see me do well. And that's fucking awesome. Mm. And hopefully I continue to see that in my life and I meet romantic partners who do treat me great. But in the meantime, I'm having a blast. People are looking after me. So awesome. Yeah, I think that this is what uh, a lot of outsiders don't realise. It's kind of the opposite of what they expect. I think it actually makes our standards quite high for the way that we get treated Mm. by romantic partners and most of the time by men. Um, I was talking to my boyfriend about this just a few weeks ago and he sort of, he didn't, I could tell that he didn't want to use the wrong language, but I was talking about how, you know, when I have like unsatisfying sex and I don't get paid for it, I'm just like, oh, well, what was the point of that? And he said, yeah, I guess this job has kind of, it's kind, and he went to say like ruined, but then he didn't want to use language that was like, this job has ruined, you know. I was like, it's fine. I totally get what you're saying. You are spot on. That it has <laughs> ruined shit sex for me because if I'm mm. going to have shit sex or I'm going to have a shit time with a, in a romantic setting, I better be fucking paid for it. So if I'm yeah. having sex with somebody or a romantic encounter with somebody and there's no payment involved, it better be fucking good. And it better be, you know, respecting my boundaries and I better feel fantastic and be treated really well. So this idea that being a sex worker means that you accept the bottom of the rung and and that you're, you know, just being treated like shit by clients. Like it's, it's really the opposite of that in, in my view. Mm, Definitely. I will not ever be treated like shit again in my life. I can guarantee that I won't put up with, any of the shit I put up with because now I know what it's like to be treated so well. Yeah, my standards yeah. are exceptionally high. So sorry to all the yeah. all the hordes of men who are trying to date me right now um, and women. <laughs> hold hold back <laughs> hold back all the women too. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I care about myself and I respect myself enough to not put up with shit. Fuck yes. So thanks, clients. I'm grateful. So, yeah. like, Thank genuinely. you. Genuinely, yeah. Do you miss the free and affordable ads and social networks without all of the anti-sex rhetoric? Assembly 4 is a team of sex workers and technologists from Melbourne, Australia, aiming to bring back free and fair advertising and social spaces to the sex working community. Stepping away from the clunky design of traditional platforms, their two products, Trist.link and Switter.at, are refreshing and well-needed changes in both presentation and mission. And both are free to join and open to all. You can find both of our profiles on Trist, and I love how it is so clearly designed by sex workers. Yep, and I love how straightforward and easy it is to use and how much they clearly support the sex working community. And also how responsive they are when it comes to feedback and customer service. Check out their website, assembly4.com, 
For the word, not the number, for more info. Our question of the week this week is actually not a question. So it's just an of the week. Um, But it is a message that we received from one of our patrons and we wanted to share it and have a little brief discussion about it. The message is, as I've been suffering from cerebral palsy since birth, I'd be kicking myself if I didn't take this opportunity to ask if you could encourage and reassure other potential listeners who are disabled to pull the trigger and see a sex worker. It has gotten easier, but to this day, whenever I meet a new sex worker, I feel incredibly nervous, inadequate and self-conscious. Oh my gosh, this is so lovely. I recently saw my first client with cerebral palsy and he may be listening. So hello, dear. Um, he, he was not this person. No, no, different, clarify, different person. Yeah. yeah. Oh, look, I think it's a universal thing to feel really nervous and inadequate when seeing a sex worker, particularly for yeah. the first time or when it's a new sex worker for the first time, which is why often there are performance issues on those first bookings, um, which, you know, it's yeah. sort of the, the first booking curse. But I think everyone grapples with those fears. And I think obviously it's going to be more intimidating when you feel like you have physical limitations or, or things that you might feel like you have to explain or you know, you wonder how they'll be received. So I can totally recognize that must be quite overwhelming. And I think as Jenna said before, a lot of sex workers who enter the industry do so with, with so much compassion and so much love, and they really want to make people happy and, um, and to enjoy a nice time. You know, I think in general in life, very few people wake up in the morning and go, I'm going to be an asshole. I think most people wake up and go, I want to, I want to have a good day and I want to get on with people and have a nice time. I think that's a, I think that we as humans yearn, yearn for is connection. So I think you can go into a lot of those bookings knowing that people will have the best intentions. And uh, yeah, I, I'm really glad that this has been something you've been able to explore and I hope it continues to be really great for you. And I hope that our listeners, any of our listeners who um, do have you know, different abilities or different limitations do feel like they can, they can reach out and explore these sorts of things because we've seen it all. We have seen all sorts of, I've had clients who are like, Oh, I have a scar here. I'm a bit nervous about it. And I'm like, gosh, I've seen all sorts of medical devices and scarring and quote unquote, I, I don't know what you can say for it, but um, different figured bodies. Like I've seen bodies. everything. I've yeah. seen it all. Just human I was saying bodies. that just to someone the other day, I was yeah. like, when you see this many people naked, you yeah. realize that so many bodies have issues and have things going things. on. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's fine. So, um, yeah, but good on you for, you know, getting out there and doing it. It must have been a massive leap okay. and I can appreciate just how intimidating it is in general seeing a sex worker, let alone when mm. you you have things that are, um, are making you feel even more self-conscious. So, fuck yeah. 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 My first point I'd like to make is that quite a lot of sex workers – do have disabilities um, and sure often they're not visible disabilities and often they're not something that you can yeah tell by looking at someone that's what visible means why did I just explain the same thing twice <laughs> but that's another positive of the job a lot of us come into this work because we either have chronic illness or disabilities and that can make it difficult for us to do nine to five jobs so that it's very very common there's a lot of sex workers that do suffer from different types of disabilities as well so that's that's something that's worth keeping in mind that you may 
actually be seeing somebody who has some more in common with you than than you might have thought. The other thing is that some of our listeners will be familiar with the organisation Touching Base, which is an organisation that connects sex workers and people with disabilities. We will have Touching Base linked in the show notes and they offer training, short training courses, both to sex workers and to carers of people with disabilities of how to kind of make the two things work well together. Um, So I did the sex worker training, obviously. And the biggest thing I took away from that was one of the first exercises they had us do was they put up a whiteboard and on one side they wrote sex workers and put a line down the middle and on the other side it said people with disabilities. And they asked us to put up all of the words and a lot of the negative assumptions that are made about on either side. So we could write something on this, whatever side. We just all went up, got a bunch of pens and and brainstormed and wrote the things that the assumptions people make about those two communities. And the amount of crossover blew my mind. And that was the whole point of the exercise was to show that there are so many and strangely specific things like not believing that we are capable of consent. That is something that both of those communities are faced with. Another one was not having sexual desire and not enjoying sex or wanting to have sex. Things like being helpless and and needing rescuing and needing saving Mm. and being spoken over. And I I wish I could remember all of them. There were so many things that, that you may not kind of expect at first glance. But basically my point is that People who live with disabilities, I certainly—I mean, well, I do live with disabilities, but they are not at all visible. Um, so I certainly wouldn't pretend to to say what it is like to live with a visible physical disability or illness. But you know, we might have a lot more in common than you think. Thank you to our sexy, generous, kind, and uh, thoughtful patrons. We have two new giving somebodies this week: Hills and Peyton. Our even more generous somebodies are Timmy, Andrew, Adam Smith, Lachlan, Sub London, Miss Billy, Nora Knightley, Leslie, Scott Watson, Andrew, our secret admirer, Margaret, Wheezy, Ellen, Liam, Fritzia Tits, Catherine, Mr. E, Scott C, and Simon. And our extremely generous somebodies are Aaron, Andrew, Pete, Amanda Valentina, Theodore Betts, the first Esquire, Josh, Wombat, Nick, Brino, Adam Moore, and Sienna Saint. Thanks so much for joining us this week. We hope you've enjoyed hearing a positive spin on the job. And and I mean, that's thanks to you, a lot of our listeners and a lot of our, our clients and the people who support us, our allies. And, uh, and we're super grateful for it and grateful for you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Please look out for us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Patreon. Our name everywhere is Somebody You Pod, as in podcast. Our Patreon starts at just $3 a month, and you can get all of our episodes ad-free and a day early, plus bonus episodes, behind-the-scenes action, bloopers, and more. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the voices of sex workers. And remember, somebody you love might just be a sex worker. <laughs>